happy to see you here on this beautiful, glorious day as we celebrate the risen Lord. Um, one of the things that uh, a couple of the churches that I went to growing up did, um, and it's a, I think it's kind of a fun tradition, and I wanted to, to have you guys do it with me today, is every time you hear me say, Christ is risen, you respond with, he is risen indeed, and then we all say, Alleluia. Okay, can we try that? Christ is risen. risen Alleluia. Awesome. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Lisa, our liturgist, and she's going to tell you some stuff and get us started. Good morning. Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, first, we would like to say a very big thank you to David for preparing such a lovely breakfast for Yay. us this morning. And we would also like to thank his wife, Heather, and his boys, because we know that he wasn't home this morning with them. So thank you. And thank you, Jim and Linda, too, because I know you helped cook and get everything prepared. And we appreciate it. It was lovely. Some more announcements. Um, we are collecting, today is our last day to collect for the Ukraine. Um, and then we'll be sending off our money, and we'll have an announcement a little bit later on how much we've collected for them. So uh, the family of Marilyn Randall is going to be having a memorial open house April 30th here at the church from 11 to 1. So if anybody would like to join their family and, and uh, just let them know that, you know, we had cared about Marilyn and we were glad that she was here with us. Sandy Cuevas has made pins for Autism Awareness Month, and she is collecting donations for Jasmine's Voice to help provide for iPads for autistic children. Uh, the Bell Choir, Kim, is still looking for children uh, to participate in that. Anyone 10 years of age and older, um, just see Kim, and he'll, he'll get them set up. Our church has left the building. The first one that we're conducting is going to be May 22nd. And um, between 10 and 12, we'll give you a little more information as we get closer. But what this is, is we're going to go out and help um, some of the people in our church who may need things done at their homes. Um, maybe they need a piece of furniture moved or, you know, some pictures taken down or something, but we're going to reach out and we're going to serve our community that day. Um, coffee hour, are we doing a coffee hour today after? No, not because of breakfast, okay. Uh, the quilt show, which is next weekend, so look in your bulletins for that. That's Friday and Saturday. Um, I think that's $5 to come in. And they're going to have lots of lovely quilts and a couple vendors and different things. So that should be really nice. They could still use some help. So see Sheila or Char, and they'll let you know what to do for those days. Um, let's see. Looks like a normal week. We have line dancing on Tuesday and then quilt drop-off and the quilt show. I think that's all that I have for announcements. Kim? Okay. Um, first, there will not be bell choir this week. Um, we're, we're, and we might be taking a little bit of time off just because we've been working pretty hard. Um, but as far as the kids, I will be starting up a kids' bell choir. So, I mean, if you think your kid can, you know, 
ring a bell when I point at them, you know, contact me. We'll be rehearsing like after church on Sunday. So it's not like you have to schedule a special time to, to bring them for kids' bell choir. Um, but we will be having sanctuary choir so you guys don't get Friday off. Uh, and then the next thing is we have the uh, um, family fun night coming up at the end of the month. Um, I'm going to need cookies. Uh, or brownies, um, no, don't do pies or cakes unless it's like a Texas sheet cake or something. Uh, but they need to be individually wrapped or bagged. I was scolded on that when I asked the first time. said, they got to be bagged or wrapped. So if you could bring those, um, what, what's the date, like the 27th, 27th I, I think? think. Yeah. So if you could bring them like 26th or 27th during the day, and also, congregation is encouraged to come. Uh, we'd like to make this an opportunity for people in the community to actually meet us and find out how wonderful of church family we really have. So let's, let's keep this thing going and make it a big success. Thank you. Uh, now we will listen to our choir. if you are able for our call to worship. Rejoice and be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. Heaven and earth will never be the same. Rejoice and be glad. Christ is risen. Alleluia. If you'll stay standing, if you're able, for our first hymn, Christ the Lord is Risen Today, number 302 in your hymnals.
Please join me for our opening prayer. Let us pray together. Holy One, you whose love endures forever, you keep offering us new life and hope, no matter what. We praise you, for you are our strength and our salvation. We shall not die, but live, for you call us into the light, encouraging us to reach for the sun, unfurl our full colors, and know that we are held in the deep and rich soil of your garden. That is more than good enough for us. Amen. You may be seated. Easter is tricky when it comes to faith. We come for the happy ending, the, and they lived happily ever after. The resurrection story proclaims hope over despair and life over death. Yet we know that life continued and continues for us as a story of spiking heartbreak moments that are not forever fixed. The nature of being created for love is that we will always hunger for more and that there is never enough life or love to satisfy. And endings are often too soon. But perhaps a good enough faith is more, or is one that moves through the chronic nature of being incurably human with an eye for resurrection moments that assure us that this good enough life is worthy of our amazement. I invite you to imagine in this silence the deep seed and shoot that is growing within you, yearning for light and life. We will now take a moment for silent reflection. Hear this compassionate word from the prophet Isaiah. I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. Know that already God is offering us freedom from the fear of isolation and anguish at endings inviting us to community and creativity for birthing new life, unexpected life, unending love. And know that despite our sometimes faltering steps, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. Glory to God. Amen. We belong to Christ Jesus, all things are his, for he is the Lord of all.
This week is Generosity Sunday, and I would like to thank you for your generosity. I think it's been about five weeks we've been collecting for Ukraine, and I think we gathered about $300 this morning, but we didn't correct, collect, count it, excuse me. So as of last week, we had $1,143 of your generosity to donate to Ukraine. Thank you. Please rise as you are able and join us in our doxology. praise you, O God, and give you thanks that you have given us such joy, such grace, and such hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let our lives be proof of that good news. Let all our words and actions, our love and service bear witness to your resurrection power for the sake of our living Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 304, Easter People, Raise Your Voices.
You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. If our youth and children would come grab a chair and I will meet you down there. Awesome. Did you have fun? Yay. Okay, good. Because that's the most important thing is that you have fun. Well, good morning, everybody. I think some of you sound like you, you were at the early service. You're not awake yet. Hi. <laughs> All right. So you got a tattoo. Okay. Y'all set? All right, good. So, today is Easter, which means what happened? The Easter Bunny probably did come, yeah, but what else does it mean happened? Yeah. Jesus rose from the dead, that's right. Okay, okay, yes. Very nice. So, do you guys know where Jesus was when he rose from the dead? All together, what? Where was he? But where in Jerusalem? No, he came, they took him off the cross when he died, remember? Where did they put him? In a, in a tomb, right. Okay, so he was in the tomb... When he rose, do you know where the tomb was? Well, it's empty now, yeah. The, someone's paying attention. The tomb was in a garden. What do you guys, when you think about a garden, what do you think of? What do you guys think of? Yeah, what do you think of? Flowers? Ooh, a victory garden, okay. What do you think of? Okay, fruits and vegetables grow there, yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh-huh. So, looking around up here, I almost kind of feel like we're in a garden with all these beautiful flowers. It does smell good. That's one of the reasons I really like Easter, is I get to stay up here and smell the flowers. Um, what kind of things... Do you see in a garden sometimes? What what kind of bugs do you see in a garden? Bees. Bees, yeah. What about you? Okay. Go ahead. But what kind of bugs? Ladybugs, okay. 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 Caterpillars. Okay, go ahead. Butterflies! That's what I was looking for. Because how do we get butterflies? Do they just 
pop up out of nowhere? Where do they come from? You said it before. Caterpillars, that's right. Caterpillars, they, they make a cocoon and they, they go inside. And then after a while, they come out as butterflies. Yeah, and, and you know, a butterfly coming out of its cocoon, it's kind of like Jesus coming out of, out of the tomb because he was bringing new life just the way a butterfly is experiencing new life. So I thought that you guys might enjoy some coloring pages that you could take back with you while you're sitting with your families and you could color, because I know we've got boards and some coloring things back by the mailboxes. And I didn't know how many of you would be here, so I printed 30 butterflies, which means you guys can take more than one if you want, and you can create, and you can make a bunch of butterflies. Does that sound like fun? Maybe. Yeah, for decorations, for whatever you want. Um, so yeah, so Jesus, Jesus came back to life in a garden. And, you know, that's just kind of like how seeds work. When, when you take a seed, you plant it deep down in a dark place in the soil... That's right, it comes to life again, and it grows, and that's what Jesus did. So, all right, I need you guys to help me with a couple things. We're going to do first the Lord's Prayer, and then I got some stuff I got to give you, okay? Can we all fold our hands and, and help the adults, because they forget the word sometimes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, so I think I got it. <laughs> We're going to find out. So I have these goodie bags for you that a couple of very nice people in our church helped put together. And so in here, you will find pretzel sticks that represent the cross. <clears throat> you will find raisins representing Jesus' blood. You will find round crackers, the stone that rolled away from the tomb. You will find goldfish, because Jesus said to be fishers of men. You will find a sweet treat, taste and see that the Lord is good. White marshmallows, symbolizing our sins, are washed away. So, I've got these, and I've got the coloring sheets. Yes. I do not see any peanuts. Do we? No? Okay. No peanuts. Good to ask, though. All right. So come up here.
grab a snack bag and then grab a couple uh, coloring sheets of, whoops. I, I think we'll I think we'll be able to do it, yeah. Okay. And then grab some coloring sheets. There's jelly beans in there. Do you like jelly beans? Yeah. I don't, I don't like jelly beans either. I like jelly bellies, but those aren't regular jelly beans. They're special jelly beans. I'm attached to the basket. All right, we will now hear a musical offering from our bell choir.
If you look in your bulletin, you will see our list of prayer requests. We, of course, are continuing to pray for Ukraine, as well as the people in Russia who stand in opposition of their government's actions. We continue to pray for Sue, um, who is undergoing a more aggressive form of chemo. Um, it is definitely taking a little bit more out of her, but she's having some good days mixed in as well. Uh, we continue to pray for Tom and Diana. Uh, we continue to pray for Tim, uh, Diane's nephew, who is rehabbing from stroke-like effects. Uh, we are praying for Abby, Diane Wilcox's granddaughter. Um, she's been having nosebleeds, and uh, they're trying to get that under control. She's only 10 years old and um, want to make sure that she is well. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Katie, um, a friend of Sue Reese's niece, Miranda, who's been fighting uh, brain cancer. Uh, they found uh, now tumors in her brain as well, so prayers for strength and comfort for her. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Mike, Sheila's neighbor and friend who was in the hospital uh, over the weekend. Um, he's battling pancreatic cancer and has also been diagnosed with diverticulitis. Uh, so prayers for, for Mike. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Tony, uh, Diana's stepchildren's mother who is very ill and is hospitalized at St. Joe's. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Luda. Um, that's Alice's daughter's friend who is from the Ukraine. Uh, she has been living in the United States for most of her life, but she uh, recently returned to the Poland-Ukrainian border to uh, try and help. Uh, continue to pray for um, Ted. Uh, that's Crystal's nephew. He has six heart blockages and had stints put in. Uh, so we are praying for strength for his recovery. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Edna, uh, Phyllis's longtime friend who uh, they found has a large brain tumor. We are praying for Don, uh, who has AML, a form of leukemia. Um, his sister gave him her stem cells, uh, but unfortunately his body has started to reject that. Yes. He's, he passed. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So prayers for Don's family um, as they are going. Okay. So prayers for his family as they are, are mourning. Um, and then prayers for uh, Jillian, um, granddaughter of Sandra's friend, uh, who's having uh, brain surgery for uh, the removal of a large tumor. Um, do we have any other uh, prayers we would like to lift up this morning? We can bring a microphone to you. Prayers for Jeff Harris. He's going to be going to Honduras for three months to help build a whole group of Christian schools. So he'll be leaving very shortly. 
school? Is it 21st? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Do we have any others this morning? All right, if you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Living God, hear our prayer. Make of this world your new creation. Before we call, you answer, O Lord. Before we speak, you know our words. Let there be joy in Jerusalem and peace among all nations. Let sounds of weeping and cries of distress turn to shouts of joy and laughter. Let infants grow and thrive. Let the old dance like children. Let every person find a home and enjoy the fruit of their labor. Let the wolf and the lamb live in peace. Let no one hurt or destroy one another. Show us, O God, the holy mountain you have prepared, the new heaven and new earth you have promised, so that we may be glad and rejoice in your presence forever. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Please join aloud with me in our prayer for illumination. Living God, by your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see the new light of this day. Open our lips to tell of the empty tomb. Open our hearts to believe the good news through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We will now hear an anthem from our sanctuary choir.
Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 19 through 26. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ, the first fruits. Then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now, if you'll please stand if you're able and join me for our hymn, Christ is Risen, number 307. may be seated. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. 
Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. A word of God that is still speaking. And you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of resurrection, new life, salvation, and grace, we celebrate today at the fulfillment of your promise in the salvific act and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. The empty tomb is full of joy and grace. The stone rolled away lets light into the dark places. There are no words good enough to truly express just how great, just how amazing, just how beautiful all of this is. May your Holy Spirit continue to work within us that we might love you and one another and help reflect your love and grace to the whole world. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again, everyone, and what a good morning it is. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Guys, get an A for the day. Today is a day of triumph and rejoicing. Today is a day of resurrection and new life. Today is a day of big breakfasts and brunches and Easter egg hunts and chocolate bunnies. Today is a good day. Today is also the final day in our Lenten and Easter series uh, for our worship and uh, sermon series called Good Enough. I want to take a quick moment to highlight the previous sessions and topics we have journeyed through together. We began on Ash Wednesday, and we acknowledge that even though perfection is impossible for us, transformation is not, and that the <clears throat> unreachable and unrealistic expectations that our world places on our lives, that doesn't mean our lives are in any way less than. The following Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent, we explore the idea that ordinary lives can be holy. 
the second Sunday in Lent, we, we worked on accepting that so much of our lives and our world is out of our control, and then trying to understand the divine presence like a dance partner who improvises with us along the way. The third Sunday in Lent, we examined how many different things can be like medicine and help to heal us, and that just like many other things in life, we need nurturing and patience to thrive and flourish. The fourth Sunday in Lent, we wrestled with the challenge that we tend to believe that we are always the problem and tried to acknowledge our need to cut ourselves some slack. The fifth Sunday in Lent, we talked about how we are fragile and how life is fragile, and then considered the idea of trying to be vulnerable with each other, at least in our worshiping and faith communities. Next came Palm Sunday, last Sunday, where we tried to work within the reality that we are all group projects and that we are better together supporting and loving each other. Then on Monday, Thursday, we looked at the theology of blessings and being blessed and how we are all blessed by God regardless of how society may rank us or attempt to value our worthiness. Finally, on Good Friday, we asked the question that what if even our lousiest days could be experienced as a holy observance of the reality that this is life. And now here we are on this glorious Easter Sunday, basking in the presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And yet, as I mentioned earlier, Easter can be kind of tricky when it comes to faith. We often only really come for that happy ending, the and they lived happily ever after part. The resurrection story proclaims hope over despair and life over death. And yet we know that life continued and continues still for us. And the resurrection story, it's a story of spiking heartbreak moments that are not forever fixed. One could argue that the nature of being created for love is that we will always hunger for more, that there is never enough love and life to satisfy us. And unfortunately, the reality of this life is that endings often come too soon. But then perhaps a good enough faith is one that moves through the chronic nature of being incurably human with an eye for resurrection moments that assure us that this good enough life is worthy of our amazement. I want to go back for a moment to part of our reading from the 20th chapter of John's Gospel from a few moments ago. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. 
gardening carries a, a similar narrative of life continuing on and, and the spiking heartbreak moments in a way. Gardening requires a certain kind of hope and for the gardener to envision new life in the midst of despair and death. I told you all a few weeks ago that I am not a gardener. There is no green thumb for me. My maternal grandfather, however, had the greenest thumb you can imagine, and my mother continues to be a carrier of green thumbs in our family. Unfortunately, I think it might end there because me and my sisters don't seem to quite have that gift. But even for those with green thumbs, gardeners, gardeners must toil and trowel. They, they must pluck and prune. They continue to nurture their plants, all for a single bloom. Let's be real. The very act of gardening itself is an act of hope. And one could argue the exact kind of hope that a woman was searching for that very first Easter morning in a garden. I feel bad for Mary. She was very much awake that morning as she was continuing in her grieving and her mourning. She arrives at the tomb and she sees that the stone has been rolled away and she panics. She goes to tell Simon Peter and another disciple what she has found and that Jesus is gone and it seems as though someone has stolen his body. So now her grief is compounded by panic and fear. They all go back. The disciples look around. They don't seem to say anything. They may not still fully understand what has happened. And then they go back to their homes. Great. Now poor Mary can add feelings of abandonment, if she didn't already have those, and insignificance as the disciples basically ditch her without any word. Although in their defense, we all mourn in our own time and our own ways, and they probably were struggling just as much as Mary was. But now Mary is left alone, or at least seemingly at first, as she goes back to look into the tomb and she sees two angels sitting at either end of the slab where Jesus' body has been laid. And they ask her why she is weeping and she tells them the same thing she told the disciples, which means she most likely may not have realized that the angels were angels and might have assumed them to be just people who were in the garden that day. She then turns around and she sees someone standing there who also asks her this question, Woman, why are you weeping? And I'll be honest, I have to believe that getting this same question again and again while grieving this heavy loss had to become frustrating for her. Like no one understood her or how she felt. She was in a cemetery after all. Why do you think she's crying? But she assumes this person is the gardener and tells them if they've moved his body, tell her where it is and she will take care of it. And then this person calls her by name and she turns back to them and sees 
that it is Jesus. I used to wonder why she didn't recognize him right away in the story. And as a child, I think I probably assumed that Jesus had maybe kind of disguised himself or because he had resurrected, he looked kind of special or extra shiny that morning. And as an adult, I came to consider that that her grief could have caused her to not fully focus or really look closely at Jesus that morning at first. We're also not told how far apart they were standing, where the sun was positioned in relationship to them. The sun could have been right in her eyes, which might have made it hard for her to see his face. More recently, I've offered to others that if she was weeping, and I mean the kind of crying that makes it hard to breathe and clouds your eyes, your nose starts to run, that maybe she just literally could not see that it was him. If you have ever ugly cried, I believe it has been termed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But when she hears his voice, she knows immediately who it is. She calls out to him, teacher. And then he tells her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Which some people believe that he said this because she tried to reach out and and touch him or hold him. And that very well may be. But I think we could also understand it as his, him telling her not to mourn him and fall apart because he wasn't done yet and there was so much more yet to come and happen. And he tells her to go and tell his brothers that he was ascending to God. So she goes, she tells the disciples that she's seen Jesus and all these other things he's told her. And they all lived happily ever after. Oh, wait, no, we already talked about that situation, how life kept going and keeps going. This is not the end of the story at all. This is maybe at best a midway point, depending on how you lay out the timeline. But it, it's almost a bit funny in a way that Jesus, the resurrected Messiah and Christ, the Son of God, gets confused for a gardener. And yet, maybe, maybe it was appropriate in a way. Jesus was crucified in or right near a garden, a detail that can maybe remind us that death is never too far from new life. Jesus also uses the imagery of gardening and pruning and plucking in some of his parables about being fruitful. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection also provides for new life to spring forth into the world. As I mentioned earlier, gardeners know the kind of hope that is needed to bring forth a beautiful bloom out of a tiny seed, along with the nurturing and patience and care. I really love the analogy that the series creator used in her final devotional in her book about how a seed does not have much purpose or use until it is planted by a good gardener. 
Yes, that little seed has all of the genetic information inside it needed to grow into a full and complete plant or flower. But it still needs the right conditions and care in order to do that. But, as she writes, the first step to creating life from this insignificant genetic package is to bury it. The seed can only reach its potential when it's first buried. In the darkness of the soil, hidden away from the light, that is when that seed undergoes the most important change. As the seed dies, new life in the plant emerges, one hopefully that will produce much fruit. And Kate, the series creator, she closes that devotional with this offering that I'd like to share with you right now. Maybe this is what it means to be an Easter person, to see Christ and think gardener, not as a mistaken identity, but a prophetic one. The seed in the ground, the body in the tomb, this is a picture of defiant hope. All of the labor and sweat and love and precious time for a single bloom. Delicate and bold, brief, but memorable. And maybe when we look at Mary's struggle to first recognize Jesus, but then knows it's him through his voice. Maybe we look at her experience here as a growing in faith, even if imperfect. And maybe we can see our own faith, a good enough faith. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 310, He Lives.
like to extend uh, one additional thank you to Nicole, who donated all the eggs for breakfast this morning. Beloved children of God, blessed are you who are buried. For you who feel stuck in the depths of grief and despair or who sit in the pit of unknowing, you who are learning to trust the timing of a gentle gardener, blessed are you who are growing, who you who burst with new life, fresh creativity, who understand the pain that sometimes comes with stretching and changing, pruning and being cut back. And blessed are you in your season of fruitfulness, you who are learning to abide in the vine and who taste the sweetness of God's loving kindness, the God who was there all along, planting, waiting, watering, pruning, delighting, the God who pays careful attention to God's garden. Amen. Who's last line? 